Well, what's up, folks? It is Friday Eve, Thursday night, for those of us who are keeping track of the days of the week. And we thank you for tuning in tonight as we have on the show this evening, Kelly Green from uh, the Twitter handle at Football Kelly, also from Eagles Brawl. So if you guys want to follow her, and I'll bring up the handle here in a little bit, it'll be under football underscore Kelly for Kelly Green for uh, the Kelly Green Show. So make sure you follow her on Twitter, as we always suggest when it comes to any of our guests who come on. So she will be on with us momentarily. Uh, tonight, of course, we're talking about the draft picks, the salary cap, how much it was bumped down versus last year. So you're talking about a difference of about $10 million or so uh, between last year to this year. So we'll get a little bit under the salary cap. We'll also talk about briefly about the Phillies as well, along, of course, with our Eagles talk, and maybe even the Sixers. We'll try and fit in some Sixers talk as well as they, of course, been on top of their game and about a half game up on the New Jersey Nets. So, or sorry, the Brooklyn Nets, not the New Jersey Nets any longer. So uh, tons of stuff to go over. We're going to have another, I guess, enjoyable night, another fun night. We thank you for tuning in, of course. And, uh, well, let's get the show underway because we can't do the show without uh, my co-host and my sports contributor. So I'll be back in a moment. This is Angel, and we are on Broad Street South. Of course, we also can't forget either our sponsor of the show. So uh, without further ado, here's our sponsor. And we thank, of course, fans. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Let the celebration begin. We said last week, of course, let the celebration begin because fans of Philly had just come on board with us last week when Derek Gunn was on, and we do appreciate that Derek Gunn was on with us as well. And by the way, I think Kelly also knows D Gunn, so it'd be kind of interesting to ask her a question about Derek Gunn herself. Uh, but again, thank you to fans of Philly. Of course, if you guys and girls will go to fansofphilly.com, fansofphilly.com, you can book your Eagles upcoming season flights to Denver, to Vegas, as long as we find out what the science is, as Troy Vincent likes to say, behind the upcoming season. Because again, COVID is still around. So of course, there's going to be some changes. Who knows what's going to end up happening. But don't make it just about the Eagles. You can also book your flight to either, I believe, down here at Clearwater, even though the games are sold out, and or wait till the Phillies go on the road games and maybe pick a summer game. So Phillies, Flyers, Sixers, Eagles, fansofphilly.com is a place that you want to go to. So Check out Fans of Philly, and again, we appreciate them coming on with us as a sponsor. Uh, and the other thing as well that we can't forget, if I can scroll back up here, is the co-host, Mike Fuji, also known as Vito Corleone. Well, let's bring up Mikey as we pop him in here. Mikey, what's going on? Thursday Eve, Friday Eve. Seven weeks from the draft, three weeks from the M Phillies home opener, two weeks from the NBA trade deadlines. Let's talk Philly sports, March Madness, Selection Sunday this week. I'm pumped. Let's get ready to talk sports, free agent, and a NFL free agency six days away, and counting. How are you, Angel? I'm doing just fine. It was about 85 degrees down here in beautiful Tampa, Florida. And again, I know you guys were in the 60s, but it's good to see the Philly. The weather's starting to change, but it was nice, nice uh, temperature down here for sure. We're getting into the 80s as we're also coming up on spring break. So uh, yours truly will be on spring break come next week. Uh, but yeah, it's it's really nice. And again, thank the viewers for, for coming on. I see the comments coming in, so I'll get to that very shortly. And mm. speaking of 
basketball. I think the Juru, as I bring him on, uh, I think both of us can share a little bit of disappointment with some news we heard earlier today about the NCAA. So here, of course, is the Juru. Sherman, how are you? We'll talk about Wentz and even Jalen Hurdy because Broad Street South is live at 7.30. How are you guys doing tonight? It's great to be here. <laughs> Good, Juru. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Except for, except for my Duke Blue Devils, it looks like the Duke Blue Devils were making their way through the ACC tournament to make their push to get into the NCAA field of 68. And after yeah. beating Louisville, after thrashing Boston College and then beating Louisville, there was a positive test of COVID, which has taken them out of the ACC tournament. And who knows what type of catastrophe this could cause for the rest of the tournament. So we shall see. But it looks, like, it looks like Duke burn. is out. It looks like Duke is out at this point. Puke yeah. and crash and burn. That's right. We don't want to say that. That's Listen, they're, they're a good team. So but we'll get into that a little bit later on. Of course, we have – Kelly Green with us on tonight. So if you look again under her Twitter handle, football underscore Kelly. And as you can see, if I can scroll just a little bit more, it's the Kelly Green show. And her first episode was with Jennifer Slade. Recently, she was on with Deuces Rogers from 6ABC. That was a fun interview. I just got to, to be able to catch up with her this week. If you guys have not listened, and ladies, not listened to her latest episode, which is episode 17, if you remember correctly, as we talked off air, listen to it because it was really good. Also, she is part of the Eagles Brawl Network, the Brawl Network. So we will ask her about what's it like to be with Eagles Brawl Network. And with that all being said, of course, we will bring on our guest, Kelly. Kelly, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Welcome, oh, Kelly. Welcome. Great to see it's you. my pleasure to be here. I'm looking forward to talking to you guys about the Eagles. Yeah, there's always tons to talk about when it comes to the Eagles. And Carson Wentz will not go away anytime soon because we know that you know now he's making friends in Indy. We also hear that Jeffrey Lurie had apparently a lot more to deal with or at least to do with when it came to Eagles, the decisions, even maybe the decision with Carson Wentz, which I was kind of surprised when I read and heard about that. So I'm pretty sure more of that story is going to end up coming out now. But the, the quick question before we get everything going. So Hey, talk to us a little bit more as far as how did you get involved with the Brawl Network and, of course, starting your own podcast? So, yeah, I mean, I have been talking about the Eagles for years, probably over a decade on Twitter at this point. And uh, it's become like this like habit of mine just to like wake up in the morning and I'll start thinking about the Eagles and say something about the O-line or the D-line or why we can't draft wide receivers well or DBs and the different things that have come up over the years of being a struggling Eagles fan and the things that come across my mind. And um, I've met so many great fans along the way of doing that. Um, and one specifically was Connor Miles, who started uh, Eagles Brawl in Philadelphia. So he reached out to me during the pandemic and was like, you know, we're starting to build a, a show of different like content. And I was hoping that you would, uh, join our team. And I was like, well, I don't know if I feel comfortable like talking about the Eagles. Like I, I just tweet about them a lot. I don't feel like I'm like a celebrity personality type person when it comes to the like whole concept of things. But I was on fourth and John like a few years ago during the Super Bowl year. 
uh, when they were really launching everything there. And I really enjoyed talking about the team with the different fans that were out there. And so, you know, I thought about it a little longer after he asked me to do it. And, um, you know, I said, well, if I could get some guests that I would really love to get their perspective on things and, you know, talk to them about what's going on in their life with, you know, the pandemic and also just like the change of, you know, pace when it comes to the team with the pandemic, uh, get some interesting perspectives, interesting um, stories that somebody could learn something and take it away from from the show, then I would definitely love to start doing that. Um, so I reached out to Jennifer Slay. I reached out to Connor, uh, to Colleen Wolf. I reached out to a couple of other people that came onto the show eventually. Uh, and I, they were willing to come on, which was so, so humbling and so like gracious of them and for being willing to do so. Um, and it really kind of sparked my interest in pursuing this more and, and just having fun talking about the team. It's not really about me. It's more about who I have on to get their, like pick their brain. And um, I love the episodes I do with fans, like what you guys are doing tonight, you know, just picking each other's brains about what we should do, what steps would be wise, what we think wouldn't be wise. Um, just to like, you know, bring people together during a time when a lot of people feel like they're a little further apart. No, and, right. and you, you couldn't say any more truth to that because the, the fun part is when you start your own, you know, whether you're a professional, you know, on TV, whether you're like us, we're, we're doing podcasts. It's tough when you first start off because you're, you're thinking, okay, who's going to come on? Who's going to say yes? You're going to get more no's probably than you are, than you are yeses. For sure. uh, you talked about it before, just we went on air, as you were saying, it's about timing as well, which is true. A lot of times, you know, you can, you can send something at the right time, or even sometimes just at a, at a wrong time, like you can hit send on something like, oh, I shouldn't send it now. And, but surprisingly, you end up getting a response. So it's a, uh, the growing pains are fun as long as you make it fun. Cause we all yeah. know we're, we're going to get rejected until, you know, we become a household name, you know, or wherever we decide to go with it. But it's always good because the more you can share with, you know, like with you, for example, having you come on with us and then the same way, you know, we always end up promoting the Kelly Green show and it just makes everything grow and you grow a bigger network and you never know where Absolutely. you can end up going. So I'm. Yeah, I never look at it like I'm competing with other people. We're all putting out content that I think has value to our fandom and I just appreciate what other people are putting out there and. I respect what they're doing. I try to listen to as many podcasts as I can to get different uh, viewpoints and even just to get a sense of where other people are at with things. I think that's what I have always loved and enjoyed about Twitter. Now, now compare now, and I will say, because I, I don't want to show the age too much, but <laughs> compare now to what it was before when it was just either a newspaper and or a magazine when you had to wait for the information to come out. And of course, radio has always been around. But now it's so much easier that if you were, let's just say you were in California, we were in Philadelphia, and we know that you became, you know, a, a breaking news reporter. You had an inside not just with the Eagles, with, with all the NFL teams. It would be easier for us to reach out to you and say, hey, Kelly, you know, what did you hear about Russell Wilson? So right. on social media and everything else, it's much faster. Before, when it was on newspapers and magazines, you waited forever to find out any kind of updates. So, yeah, it's listen, it's always great to listen to someone else's podcast or read articles. Adam Schefter, obviously, is a great resource as far as finding out different things. And, and our local Philly guys, the same exact way. So, listen, congratulations to your podcast, of course. Thank you. I'm glad that you made it, of course, tonight with us. But more than anything, 
hope nothing but success for you in the future. So never- thank you, man. I appreciate it. And I, I wish the best for you guys as well. I think this is a really great show. So I'm looking forward to talking to you guys tonight. Thank you. Thank we you. appreciate it. I'm going to, I guess, launch it, of course, because last week, as well, I'm pretty sure we'll be talking about it again here. We would like to know as far as what you think the fallout between Carson, mm. how either A, he treated himself, or exactly how him and Doug didn't talk for weeks on end. And, of course, now Carson being an indie. So I, we'd like to get your thoughts on how do you think it all went down for Carson and, of course, being exited out and heading over to Indy. Yeah, I, I, I always think about this. Like, I think every Eagles fan is pondering what could have possibly happened, what could have ta- caused it to be this significant of a break uh, that he wanted out this badly um, and that the Eagles were willing to trade him. I mean, you see Watson in Houston. You see Russell Wilson unhappy in Seattle, and they're not willing to trade them. Uh, and they are clearly – coming off good seasons, Wentz was coming off a bad season. So maybe that is part of what caused the Eagles to feel a little comfortable with the move. But when you've got a franchise quarterback, you don't move on that quickly, I don't believe. So clearly there's something where they were just butting heads and couldn't get on the same page. And unfortunately for Wentz, it's, you know, that Hertz was showing a lot of guys that he could lead them. Um, you're hearing these guys coming out like Fulgham and uh, Rager and yeah, they're younger guys, but they're coming out and they're speaking like, you know, we're not worried about the offense and things like that. Like it wouldn't typically happen unless you felt like there was some cause for concern with the other guy. Like they're, they're speaking out actively in um, support of Hertz. So it seems like, The team must have felt like there was a fracture with the relationship and Carson wouldn't be able to work with the guys in that locker room any further, whether it was Peterson, whether whether it was players in the locker room that he wasn't seeing eye to eye on. We've heard article after article uh, and a lot of people who are supporters of Wentz and I am a supportive, a supportive supporter of Wentz. So let me get it clear. Um, But I'm willing to see that there's constantly these reports coming out that say, you know, that, you know, there's problems with who he is in the locker room. So that's a concern for me. If you're going to be the leader of our offense, that there are constantly these stories coming out. And it's not just one reporter. You've got several different reporters who have similar information coming to them. Right. Um, So... The cause for concern is almost like, well, did we cut our losses and take the cap hit? I mean, who's to say that he would be successful in Indy and not be successful here? But the Colts are set up to be a playoff team right now. And currently we've been struggling to stay healthy every season. So who are we going to be next year is still very much a question mark. But if we're going to have to start over because the quarterback couldn't stay on the same page with the guys in that locker room, it's better to do it now than to drag it out. If that's ultimately what was going to happen, whether we like it or not. No, listen, 
That's true because we, we don't know what's going to happen, obviously, for 2021. We still hear that maybe the Eagles are possibly drafting another quarterback at, at pick number six, which then raises a question again. Then how does Jalen Hurts feel or does he understand when he was drafted last year that, hey, by the way, you may not be the starter. <clears throat> Fast forward to 21, and that's a whole different story, but you may not be the starter. And by the way, you could be trade. And or by the way, we could be adding another quarterback to the way Harry Roseman stated last year to the quarterback factory. So right, it, I hate that. Yeah, I, I think that was the one thing of anything other than many things that have hurt Harry Roseman. I think him stating that the Eagles are going to become this now quarterback factory of the NFL, which I don't even know why you would end up stating that. Kind of to me, if I'm Jalen Hurts, I'm wondering, okay, so I'm here now. What's going to happen in the future? Now, as of what we know of at this point, that Jeffrey Lurie wants Jalen Hurts to be the starting quarterback. But who's to say if the Eagles are trying to make cap room, which we see you know, contracts being restructured, what happens if a team does call for Jalen Hurts and offers, you know, I don't think it'll be a number one, you know, first round draft pick. Don't get me wrong. But what if there's incentives to go along with it? So Jalen's here for the moment, but we've yet to see what's going to happen here. Come what we are. We're about uh, six days away from the actual start of the new league season. So it'll be interesting to see what's going to happen in a week. But when you made the uh, the comment here about Jalen Hurts, I want to bring up Andrew's comment here because uh, Andrew stated that the Eagles made the right choice to let Jalen Hurts be the Eagles' starting quarterback in 2021. Next season, I don't see the team drafting a quarterback again anyway in the 21 NFL draft. The Eagles will sign a quarterback in the free agency, and the Eagles will draft either a wide receiver since they parted ways with Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey, or the Eagles will draft tight end Kyle Pitts. The Eagles will let Jalen Hurts be the starting quarterback week one of 2021 season, and uh, the Eagles will win the Super Bowl. Well, let's, let, let, before we get that far, we will see. So we'll. we'll I like the of, confidence. Yeah. There, I want a, some of that. Yeah, there's a lot there. Andrew, thank you for the comment. And I uh, uh, bring this one in real quick. Tom, uh, great friend of the show. How are you? And Vincent, great show, guys. We'd love to know what your dream offseason looked like for your Eagles. Cool. That's a that's a loaded 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 question. So that's a big one. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna work. Mikey went away. Mikey, he'll be back. So the other, we're, we're as we're talking about the Eagles when it comes to Jalen Hurts, we know again the Eagles have eight picks. They had ten originally. Now it's down to eight. Um, they have ten now because they got two comp picks back. Oh, that's true. That is exactly true. So the it's what one, two, three, and five. If and I remember. Three sixes. Yeah. So yeah, I'm wondering now. With and Sherman, I'm I'm going to turn this one over to him as well because he, him and I have been talking about what the draft, whether it's you know defense, offense. So I'm going to turn this over to Sherman. But the the big thing that I would like to know, which Sherman may end up answering, is what do we pick at number six? So uh, Sherman, I'll leave it up to you. All right. So at number six, if anybody has watched our show, I have said. For so many weeks, the Eagles, they have to draft an offensive lineman. They have to draft an offensive lineman. No matter who the quarterback is going to be, whether it's Wentz, whether it's Hurts, whether it's Fitzpatrick, whether it's Foles again, whether it's Justin Fields or who, or whatever they end up getting, they need an offensive line. This team, you, you want confidence like that comment was made before? Here's confidence for you. The Philadelphia Eagles are not, I repeat, are not going to the Super Bowl next year. They need to take the time to rebuild. Vincent Milani came on with a great question. What would the dream offseason look like for the Eagles? Now, just a plug for Vincent Milani and his show because I watched his show last night and he promoted Broad Street South. 
after this show is over at 9 p.m., check out the Rough Cut Sportscast because they're going to be previewing the <laughs> NFC East. And that's what podcasters do. We support each other. But yeah. the dream would be to fill every single hole that the Eagles have. Wide receiver, tight end, offensive line, defense. There's just so many holes to fill. Personally, I've been saying for so long they got to – pick a stud offensive lineman at six. But I'm starting to think that being that there's so many holes that they have to fill, maybe the idea is to trade down so that we can start to stockpile some picks. And if they do that, the only thing that I hope is that they don't trade down to number 10 with the Dallas Cowboys so that the Dallas Cowboys move up to six and get Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith because that would be absolutely catastrophic. Well, the Cowboys definitely need some defense, so I'm I'm hoping that they don't address their defense. Like, let them be in shootouts every single week. That would be ideal for me. Um, but I do I do like the idea of an offensive lineman in the early part of the draft. If we do um, have the option to take Sowell, I think he's a stud. Um, he would definitely be somebody that would be a plug-and-play starter, definitely potential of being a pro bowler. And we need that kind of player in Philly. We have so rarely had a pro bowl-level player um, come to this team. The last uh, pro bowl we had Brandon Graham, uh, Jason Kelsey, and Fletcher Cox. And they are all, with all due respect, a little older and we need the younger guys on this team to start making some Pro Bowls in order to have some longevity and success. Um, and building in the trenches is never a bad decision. It would be a very Howie pick to take an offensive lineman over a mm. uh, chase or a uh, Pitts. But um, ultimately, I'm never mad that we took Lane Johnson that high when we took him uh, because of how – much we got out of him during the time that he's been in Philadelphia. He's the only one from that first round that's still on his team that was drafted, that he was drafted to. Um, so 2013 to now, he's the only person from that first round of that draft class who's still active and on his starting drafted team, which is incredible um you want to see that kind of success from a top 10 pick it so rarely happens that you're going to have a a stud but you need to find the guys who maybe it's not the need but are the best player available and if you know panay Sowell is there and and maybe even slater i'm i'm not totally opposed to him but um you know those offensive linemen are so crucial to the success of the team. I mean, if we have the depth there, um, maybe we're not as bad as we were this year uh, in 2020. So uh, it doesn't hurt to make sure that we have as many big boys up front to protect whoever the quarterback might be. If Sewell is available at five, are you trading up with the Bengals to lock him up? Because the Bengals have a very similar situation in needing to protect Joe Burrow, who went out for the season last year with an injury. And you got to think that if Sewell's available at five, that Cincinnati's going to find a way to lock him up. So if uh, the Bengals are on the board and Sewell's still there, I don't see them trading back. Uh, I don't think that that's even an option for them. If he's there, they're probably going to take him. But you can't deny the fact that um, they have a lot more capital to 
pay people in free agency, they may, we have to look at what the top five picks are going to be doing in free agency this offseason because that could change what they do on the board. I mean, if they take, you know, a big contract for an offensive tackle, an offensive tackle, an offensive guard uh, to protect Burrow. They may say, let's link him up with a guy that he had so much success with in 2019 in LSU, Chase. You know, that's a good connection. It's already established. That chemistry is already there. And we already have the protection up front to make sure that he has his guy. So it's really going to be determined off of, whether a team feels they have the need and whether they go best player available because a lot of times these guys get reached for and you're like, well, was that the right move at the time? And sometimes it's a gamble and it pays off, but ultimately um, I think we'll start getting some telltale signs of, of what teams are going to be doing in that top five around next week when the free agency market starts, you know, full effect money starts flying yeah, and that definitely will as far as you're saying Callie with the free agency like just to reiterate what you stated a lot of teams like to go after who they do in free agency and then lean on to see what they really need in the draft like you said I mean as far as the offensive lineman this year I don't think it's a big crop I mean my thing is I know we talked before about you like uh Believe fairly the D back coming out in the draft, mm-hmm. like yeah. that was your number He's one my pick. Guy. For the and I can't see. I mean, we all love Chase, we all love Kyle Pitts, but hey, the Eagles could use a stud D back. I mean, when's really the last time this team drafted a stud D back? Are we maybe not a stud? Lito Shepard, Sheldon Brown, two thousand two draft. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's been a long time since Eagles went defense on like a stud or a solid shutdown corner, which they can't go wrong with him or Patrick Zertain. I mean, yeah, I'm, like, I'm more you know, of a I'm more of a Farley guy because he has such a higher ceiling, in my opinion. Like he could just be like an absolute steal in the draft at six, even. And that's me saying that because I have a lot of confidence in who he could be. There's not a lot of tape on him because he really is um, a like raw prospect. He like transitioned into a cornerback, but he is so like when people say this about like draft prospects, I think, oh yeah, like they say this about everybody, but he's seriously always around the ball. He's so feisty. He's like batting the ball down every time it's near him. Like he is just a hands-on. He doesn't he doesn't shy away from tackling guys. Like you'll see some of these guys who who shy away from the hard hits and you know taking a guy down. He like embraces that, um, and he he has like the same mentality as like a Philadelphia like fan favorite type of mentality. Like he plays hard. He plays. Um, with all of his energy and it just shows on all of the tape I've watched of him. I'm like, he's going to be such a great player. So unfortunately for me, every player that I end up falling in love with while, while I'm like doing draft evaluations, they always end up in the NFC East. And I, and I cry because I mm. wanted them to be on our team. Um, so I'm really hoping that if Farley doesn't come to the Eagles, that he just doesn't go to an NFC East team. This. 
This team needs some impact players right away. Guys that can step right in, right on the field, right here and now. No projects, no Jalen Rieger, you know, whatever. We need we need guys to step like yesteryear, Dawkins, Trotter, you know, Jerome Brown, whoever. Just let's go defense. No, yeah. no, do not go. Listen, Why? Not Everybody always loves oh, offense. Here, here we go. Nobody I'm talks defense, right Nobody <laughs> talks defense <laughs> in this town. Nobody no. talks defense. It's all yeah. offense. They want the sexy receiver. They want this, that, and the third. They want all the big names. Let's get some defense in here. I respect let's play the it. the old body ball days. I respect it because, like, let's be for real. Like, last year was torture. We constantly, whenever the offense did anything productive, the defense gave it right back. It was so right. frustrating. Um, but the defense, uh, I mean, the defense is going to be such a different animal this year because we don't have the same coaching staff. So I'm trying to keep that in mind. We some some young players. I liked what I saw from Singleton. It, I liked what I saw from TJ Edwards. Um, I saw I liked what I saw from Slay, even though he had some bad games. Um, I want to pair somebody with Slay to actually have some back end help uh, for mm. the D line. Um, but let's face it, BG and Brand and uh, Fletcher Cox yeah. are not getting any younger. We well, need to start getting right. a younger core of guys who can make some plays on both Kenny. sides of the ball. It's it's not, uh, you know. And Kelly, Kenny. you're absolutely right. Do we need help on both sides of the ball? Agree or disagree to all of you here? We the do. We quarterback, the quarterback is the most important position probably in all of professional sports. We saw, what happened, we saw what happened last year when the Eagles did not give – uh, the surrounding cast for Carson Wentz. It caused all this drama. If Jalen Hurts is going to be your quarterback for the next eight to ten years in this town, you have to start off by drafting weapons so that Hurts can succeed. Unfortunately, the Philadelphia Eagles have so many holes that you can draft all the offensive weapons, but the defense is going to be a mess for a while. Yeah, I mean, the, the one way to make it like a, a, your one – um viewer just said something that really sparked this comment so i hope that they understand that i am giving them a hat tip so sean this one's for you um the best way to get through a rebuild is to have something fun to watch and offense will sell the tickets so let's be for real if if you want to give jalen hurts a real chance you've got to protect him you've got to give him receivers Got to give him a strong run game. And that way we can truly evaluate whether he can be the guy. It would be a real shame to give him what we did to Wentz, because I don't think that was fair either, a really bad offense, a really injured team to evaluate them on. I think Wentz made some terrible decisions, so it doesn't look great for him. But again, if you're hit at a historic rate and the offensive line is turning over at a historic rate, you're not going to look good at some point. You're just finally going to break. So let's not repeat history here. Let's, let's make this kid as much of a priority as possible. If we're not going to take a quarterback, cause it seems like that's definitely not something we're going to do, then give him a real shot because if you're going to evaluate him, he needs some real NFL talent surrounding him. I just yeah, think I we agree. need impact players. We need impact players, defense, <laughs> offense, and defense. Somebody with a heartbeat. None of the Mickey Mouse <laughs> shit that's put out here week after week. 
D-backs getting burned by DK Metcalf and everybody else in the NFL. Mike, we need we somebody to play. Go to the, Mike, let this team go. The Wizard of Oz is like the Tin Man and get some heart. I'm we talked about this before the show. I don't can care, the Eagles, I'm it now. <laughs> no, listen. Can the can the Eagles succeed next year with Jalen Rager and Goodwin as your two main receivers? No, absolutely, definitely no way in hell. No, definitely not. Why not? I think that you should also keep in mind. Let's just let's have some perspective Where did he here. Go? He left. <laughs> he didn't want to hear me. He didn't want to hear what I had to say. What I was going point. what I was going to tell him was Sirianni is a wide receiver. He has a right. mind a wide receiver's mind. He plays the game, he builds the offense with the wide receivers mostly in mind. If he is able to make guys like Michael Pittman and Pascal and who else was on the like Colts like wide receiver core? Like if Hilton. he's, I mean, T.Y. Hilton's good, so like I don't want to disrespect him, but like these guys were like very unknowns, you know. And he was able to create an offense with Reich. I know that he's not like the full mastermind over in Indy, but he ah. is going to help these wide receivers in some ways to get open. And that was a big struggle in the Peterson offense. It was very vanilla at times. So we're going to see a new offense coming in here. And, you know, Fulgham, he was really, really special for those four games before he got a little bit of an injury. We found out on Inside the Birds podcast with Jeff Mosher that he had a significant injury. And that's why he really got sat and uh, Alshon Jeffrey was prioritized ahead of him. That wasn't something that we were really privy to. Correct. But – Fulgham could be what we saw of him those four games. He could be special. And, you know, it takes some time to develop a chemistry with your wide receivers. It takes some time to um, acclimate into a new offense. So there will be some grace that we need to give that I'm not especially um, capable of at times when I'm watching the game. I'll just get super, super uh, frustrated with the Eagles, but uh, I'll try to remember that from time to time. But like, let's be for real. If the Eagles were to draft an offensive lineman, let's just put that as like the one thing that was mentioned. Right. Okay. If that's not a sexy pick, I realize that people are not going to be excited about it. I know, but this like, let's be for real. If he ends up being like a Lane Johnson on the left side for years to come and we're able to trade like, Andre Dillard, who's kind of an unknown right now. We don't know what he'll be, but other teams would see the value in getting a younger left tackle for the future of their team. They're going to give up a pretty penny for him. So if you're going to build your team with Maialata as the depth player at that point, kind of doing a swing tackle thing like Big V was doing when he was here, then that's a win for us. I mean, I know it's not fun to – take the guy who's the big boy up front in the top 10, but in the long run, you've got to build your trenches up. And that's such a Howie move that I would anticipate that more than anything else. 
Before I let Fuji blow up here, because I know he's about to, because it's Mount St. Fuji is about to blow up. So <laughs> before that, I, I, Kelly, thanks to you coming on tonight because so we've been trying to find that, that little ticking time bomb inside Fuji. So you're it. So just let you know, the, the door is going to be wide open for you to keep coming back just to blow him up because usually the guy above here, Sherman, normally he's the one. He could turn that key and blow up real fast, but apparently when you came on tonight, that pretty much set him off. So – I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 you. no, it's, it's all good. It's the guy at the very get... top there. He knows who he <laughs> I want to get to this comment here, and there was another one before we get the Fuji's opinion. But Ryan Neff says the report's coming out about Lori says that Hertz is the guy uh the guy should tell you about where the root of problem was. Unless they surround Hertz with talent, Brady couldn't lead this uh roster anywhere. And there was another one here. Ryan didn't follow up mm. with if the Eagles take Chase or Smith or idiots, Jordan Jefferson, or for the Vikes, should we approve that we're going to come in and make a high impact? And uh, before, again, I let Fuji kind of uh, come on here. Oops, Sean says you can come on every night. Um, oh, thank you, Sean. It said, uh, you can also pick up a decent offensive lineman DF free agency, but, you know, and that's where I think that the Eagles are trying to release that salary cap. Before, again, I let Fuji go here. One thing, Kelly, you, you uh, talk about one of the wide receivers. How do you feel as far as, like, Hightower? Do you think – that Jalen Hurts can also work with high tire to make him maybe even possibly a, a speedy wide receiver. Um, I I saw some flashes from High Tower to be quite honest this season. I know that um, a lot of it was just so stagnant in the offense that we're like you know frustrated. But I really saw John High Tower as a rookie, as a guy that had potential for this offense. Um, but again. It's a whole new offense coming in here. This whole scheme, I really don't know what we're expecting, but I would tend to believe that the running game is probably more important to Sirianni than it is uh, for Peterson's offense because, let's face it, Peterson like rarely ran the ball. Um, mm. And on top of that now, if you have Hurts under center, he's going to be a running threat as well. So you're going to see the team trying to create some misdirection with the backfield. They're going to have Sanders in there. They're going to have him, you know, doing RPO stuff that we used to see uh, really successful with uh, the 2017 Eagles, because that's kind of where Reich was basing his offensive off of. Um, and you've heard Sirianni in his very short amount of time of actually speaking to the press about what his plans are with the team, talking about how the Colts had really used a lot of tape from the 2017 Eagles to build what they were going to do in Indy. So I would expect it to be a lot like what we've seen from the Colts um, the last few years. And they've been very successful and they've had a turnover at the quarterback position every single year. I mean, Sirianni was working with Andrew Luck and then Jacoby Brissett and right. then uh, Philip Rivers. Well, so, Rivers. you know, the, he's used to, he's gotten accustomed to working with these different style of quarterbacks. And so working with Hurts will be something that I think he'll just jump right into. Um, and I, I'm kind of excited to see what that will look like when we get to the season. I agree. Now, I, I will concede the rest of my time to Mr. Corleone. Mr. Corleone, the floor is yours. <laughs> I'm so scared. <laughs> don't be scared. No, I, I mean, as far as offense, I mean, this team really don't have much to spend in free agency. I mean, they're 
just the way they gone into today, they redid Javon Hargrave's contract, and they're what like at twenty million under, still over. Now Fletcher Cox better step up since he's the highest paid player now and give some money back because Mister Cox is I think declined in the last couple of years. I think he's gone soft if you ask me. I'll probably get a little heat from I'll probably get a little heat from that, but I'm not worried. Fletcher Cox needs to go see. Well, but if you didn't want Mikey, it, some heart. Not you're going to gonna get some heat from me, okay? Yeah. Well, I'm not just... to interrupt him real quick, but I, I will. So, Fuji, we saw, we, we argued about this last year, and we said that Fletcher Cox wanted to get paid, and, and he went out there and got paid, but didn't put out what he got paid for. So, do of you course. really think that he's going to actually give money back? No. No. I, well, I, I think be. he would end up leaving first before he would do something like that. I mean, Brandon well, Graham, the man made a Pro Bowl, and he gave money back, restructuring his contract. Fletcher Cox, no way. He's not going to do it. He should. And Fletcher Cox, I think I think the, the reason that I will defend him is because of the fact that the defensive line rotation hasn't been as strong in the middle with him as I would like to see it. I think Hargrave will get there with him. But right. Jer- Jernigan and him had this chemistry where they were able to play off of each other and – we don't have that yet established. It didn't happen with Malik Jackson at all. That was a complete waste of a free agency signing. Um, but, Agreed. you know, Fletcher Cox gets so much attention in the front of that line because he's really the special talent on the interior of our D-line. So he may not look like he's putting up the numbers, but he's constantly making plays. Like, it might be subtle, but it's happening in the trenches, and it – it makes an impact for the guys on the edge. And Brandon Graham had a great season because of how he was playing next to Fletcher. Like, I don't dismiss Fletcher because of the sack stat that a lot of people like to point to to point that, oh, he had a bad year because he was making the other plays. He was doing the assists. It wasn't the sexiest stats for him, but he was right. definitely contributing to the team. And I think that there's a lot to be said for keeping the veterans intact for this team because we have such a young coaching staff. We have such a young roster. So having them in that locker room, even just as a leadership presence, is so, so important. So even if you want him to give money back, I still think that there's value in having him in that room. Listen, if management can't handle the money correctly, that is not the player's fault. Right. Fletcher, Fletcher Cox needs to know, and I'm sure he realizes, that even if he gives money back this year, the Eagles aren't going to the Super Bowl. The lifespan of an NFL player is not the longest in the world. So if they don't pay him the money that he already signed for years ago per management, right, that's not Cox's fault. If the Eagles let him go, trust me, there's another team out there who has money that Fletcher Cox will be able to sign for the same amount of money. And, maybe and there will be missed. a lot of them. Yeah, absolutely. Look, Mike, you're talking about the sexy player, right? Kenny Galladay from the Detroit Lions. Detroit, right? Do you want Kenny Galladay? We don't have the money. We don't have no. the money for Kenny what you, Galladay. What do you think I just said? We don't have no money to spend. We're still $20 million over the damn cap. That's, that's a that's, Howie that's Roseman management problem. problem. That's, that's a joke of a general manager that Jeff puts out there every year because he has yeah. pictures on Jeff. What are you doing, Howie? What are you doing? Get rid of the pictures. Quick. Don't get mad at Fletcher because Howie sucks, okay? 
Be fair. Well, first of all, I, in a way, I'll say this. I think Fletcher is in the twilight of his career. Second of all, they have no no depth on that line. Malik Jackson, like you said, was a joke of a free agent signed. The guy's 31. We're going after all these old goats off the street. Let's get some young blood in there and learn how to draft, how we, instead of trading draft picks for guys like Darius Slay signing Alshon Jeffrey and all these other guys you bring in. Yeah, we I mean, got the Super Alshon Bowl. Alshon Jeffrey you. was a good free agency signing. I just didn't support the, the the restructure on his contract. But this is but this is the philosophy with this team. It just I shows know. how we can't draft because he has to either sign free agents or trade multiple draft picks to get talent. It's bottom line. That that's what it is. It's a flat out joke. This guy's the general manager. He okay, should be in the back room where Jeff had him five years ago. Thanks for the memories, Howie. And the damn Super Bowl trophy right there. But your days are done, numbers. Pack your bags. I'll take you to the airport. And the plane. Thank you, folks. Here I am. I'm going to go back on, on what Sherman said is be careful what you wish for as he was saying all season long. So, uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to be on Sherman's side here for a second. Cause if let's just say, as, as we posed a question earlier to Kelly, if Howie Roseman can pull off this draft class, maybe we haven't talked about it yet, but if not, I'll, I'll ask Kelly as well. So Fuji, if, if Howie pulls off this draft class this year, let's just say for some crazy miracle, he's able to do it. Do you then allow Howie back in your good graces, or do you still just despise him altogether? I'll acknowledge him. Yeah, like I'll acknowledge when I am like super critical of a guy, but like I know how hard it is to be a GM because of the fact that like you can't win regardless of the decisions you make. And a lot of the decisions that Howie has made, I supported at the time when he did them. So mm-hmm. hindsight is twenty twenty, But the fact is I don't get paid to be a GM and he's supposed to know better than me. Mm-hmm. And so a little bit of me is frustrated that we didn't wait a year to sign Carson to a big long-term contract because he was coming off two injuries. I mean, who pays somebody after the ACL and the back injury that offseason, 2018, he hadn't even been to a playoff game. I know it's unfair for him to put that on him, but like, the, why would we pay him in his third season when we had him on a rookie contract for two more years? How we, drafted, how we drafted Wentz and the next year the Eagles won the Super Bowl, it's almost like we signed him blood to deal with the devil. I don't know what to tell you. We waited for years and years and more years for the mm. Eagles to get a Super Bowl. How we drafted Wentz and the next year the Eagles won the Super Bowl. We got our wish. It finally came true. The downside is the Eagles might be irrelevant for the next 10 to 15 years, and that's going to kill yeah. us even worse. Yeah. You know, you I don't know think why? they are, though. I don't think they will be irrelevant. I actually have a lot of confidence in them over – five-year span I'm not saying immediately but I think that they can turn things around pretty fast but and it's not because I have confidence in their free in their drafting ability but I think that they are the type of people that won't let bad decisions haunt them for a long time they'll cut their losses when something's not working you know that's, why just, they a, signed that's just a hot take there you know yeah. why you know why Haley signed Wentz because the market was cheaper. That they signed them early because they weren't yeah, getting the market value. Just like Dak, three days ago, four years, one hundred sixty-four million, signed with those clowns in Dallas. 
Yeah, I think that that was their thought. Like, he's definitely going to be the guy for the next 10 years, so let's get him in early. And and I agreed with them doing that. I was completely on board with them paying him early. But in hindsight, why would you pay a guy that's just been injured for the past two seasons? It doesn't make sense in retrospect to say this is a smart financial decision. And the fact that they weren't as confident as I was in Wentz in not drafting a quarterback in the second round of the year after paying him a contract. Like that didn't make sense to me. Why would you use high draft capital on a quarterback? If you were so convinced so quickly into his career that he was going to be the guy, why would you do that? Why would you create doubt? Because that guy who is picked in the draft at the second round needs to be a starter. Like bottom line, and you picked his backup and potentially his successor. Who knows what this will turn out to be? Maybe it was a good financial decision to hedge your bet and take Hertz. And he's the guy for us for the long term. And we only had to take the cap hit for one year. And it's a great story at the end. It sucked while it was happening, but I I just didn't, it doesn't make sense to me to financially support a guy with a huge contract like we did in 2018 with Wentz and then turn our backs the next offseason and draft a quarterback in the second round. Those two things don't go together for me. I know that people love a backup quarterback in Philadelphia, but it doesn't make sense when you're trying to build a roster. The whole point of getting your quarterback is to build around them. And even if you think, oh, well, McCown was really bad in that playoff game when he got a concussion, we really need a strong backup quarterback. There are plenty of veteran quarterbacks you could have brought in that were better than McCown. He was 40 years old when you took him in. That didn't make sense last year either. Right. Who, who lasts That's longer right. in this? Who lasts longer in this town? Jalen Hurts or Nick Sirianni? Nick Sirianni. Ooh. Nick I Sirianni. That, I think that they're going to have a nice little um, relationship together. I don't think that there should be a competition with it. I think that. Um, it was really interesting when Kay Adams did an interview with Jalen Hurts a few months ago that um, it was actually the Super Bowl week that when Jalen Hurts was going through the combine like interview process, he spoke with Sirianni when, you know, he thought the Colts might draft him. And he was like, yeah, that was like my first introduction to getting to know Sirianni. So like I already kind of have had conversations about what, you know, he envisions for an offense and. So, who knows? Maybe they're going to start something special here. Uh, that's the hope, you know. Exactly. That's true. And, and, and you know, since we want to, since we want to talk about the first and last night, as uh, as Sherman just talked about, Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni. So, coincidentally, uh, last out media here is actually first in the last out because if you want to become a better podcaster or better broadcaster, no one better to do it than with lastoutmedia.com. So I just want to bring those guys in real quick because it seems like it's a title bout tonight, which is a fun title bout. Don't get me wrong, Kelly. So thank you for bringing out the best out of uh, Fuji Corleone there because he's, nice. he's still wired and fired up. But I want to get to a couple of comments before we keep things not. going. And, <laughs> and as much not. as, you know, we're going to get into a little bit of Phillies talking Sixers before we, we end everything here. Um, there was a couple of comments I want to go back as I'm scrolling back up here. Uh, where was it? Sean, of course, said, said uh, you're awesome. Oh, here it was. Thank you. Uh, he says, how in the hell does the owner call in the shots? Uh, Jerry Jones 2.0, which it, that's exactly what it what it seems like. Of course, Ryan said that Fuji Corleone can make any offer to, and, to any team that won't refuse. 
Joe Sharp, who hasn't been around in a while. So, Joe, how are you? He says, I want Kyle Pitts or Chase. I'm kind of sour on Smith. So I want a corner in round two, and then I want a later round running back, hmm. which that can end up working out. Um, Sean also stated that uh, F. Wentz, Fuji called him the ginger Jesus. I told you years ago he was overrated. Hmm. He said, also said Cox is nothing special. Careful what you wish for. I'm a Wentz lover, so I don't like that. I understand. Uh, I understand the pain. It says that Cox is nothing special. Um, now, whether this is true or not, we don't know. So this is just uh, uh, information out of it. Cox needs to stop messing around uh -huh. with married women. Takes away all his energy. That's why Rick, Rick, Rick uh, good to hear from you. I think uh, he has a girlfriend now, so maybe it's changed. Maybe he oh, settles knows? down. That, that could be the change. Uh, could be the case. Uh, out ten bucks says uh, thing with Cox's stats don't always show the value of a good defensive tackle. However, it's a lot of money, a lot of money, which is true. Okay. Ryan says you needed to preach when you were going on earlier, Kelly. Uh, Fuji and Mike are on a roll. There was Cox, one Dave, Cox take a pay cut. You're hearing it. <laughs> I hope this is out on Twitter. I hope you see it, my man. I hope you. I said it. Take a pay cut, Fletcher Cox. But he's not going now. to. <laughs> Everybody else is along the board. Unfortunately, uh, he won't. There was uh, one in here where it showed, where was it? Ryan F. said he may have drafted Wentz, but Wentz didn't win him the Super Bowl, which is actually true. But uh, he helped him get there. That 11 and 2, thank you. 11 wins, 2 losses. And Sean also says that we are all – Sorry, we all sold our soul, and even the Eagles for a Super Bowl. How many times we heard somebody say, "Just give us a Super Bowl. We don't care what we do afterwards." Well, here it is, folks. Which is it's the honest God's truth. <clears throat> Tom says Prescott had a lot of leverage because of the way the Cowboys played last season, but mm -hmm. it, he was due. So that's that's neither here nor there. He was just he was due, and I talked about it when the season started that Dak Prescott was due. What I didn't like when it came to yeah. the Cowboys, <clears throat> especially, was that when. Zeke Elliott, who was still only second year into his rookie contract, was able to go to Mexico, hold out, and get a humongous contract. And how's that worked out for Dallas? Because last I checked, Zeke Elliott was not the big name that everybody thought he was going to be last year for Dallas. So Dallas – It was uh, a terrible decision to pay the running back before the quarterback. Yeah. That's Why? Jerry for you. Thank you, Jerry. Keep, keep scrolling up. Rick says, personally, I think the answer lies within Schwartz leaving, Wentz leaving, and Peterson being fired. I guess we'll find out. They're all gone, so we'll find out. Yeah. Trevor hey, Trevor. Says, says, what up, Kelly and friends? And the last one here where it says, uh, who is the number one athlete in the city? Good question. Embiid. JoJo. So now, well, we'll kind of switch gears here momentarily, but Kelly, so I, I mentioned this to uh, – Sherman beforehand, if the season were to end today, would Embiid be the MVP player of the year if it ended today? I'm going to be totally honest with you. My handle is so, so accurate. I'm like so not a f anything but a football fan. I, I can admit that Embiid is the most capable of being a superstar in the city just because I know what he provides to his team. Right, But when you ask me to tell you about the league of the NBA stuff, like I, I can't tell you anything. I don't know. 
Yeah, that's all right. That's that, the only one question we probably had as far as we came to Sixers. Other than obviously they're doing very, very well this year. Um, what um, Fuji, you said there was three. We had three people out tonight. Head coach Two. and bead. I was wondering about Doc Rivers being out from an illness. Not COVID related, but that and uh, JoJo are quarantining. Mm-hmm. So they'll they won't be playing against the Bulls or they won't be and won't be playing against the Wizards come Saturday or Sunday. No, that's true. And and this kind of reminds me of something. So Wentz left because he first had to live with the shadows of foals and then had to look over his shoulder with hers. He won't have to worry about that with Reich, which is true. Um and and one thing that we, we gathered, Kelly, with Derek Gunn last week. So he had a, an, an interesting conversation uh, the week prior, or actually a couple of weeks prior with, with Donovan McNabb. So mm-hmm. uh, I'll post a question to you as well. Do you believe with Nick Foles having that statue at the link, did that hurt Carson Wentz the remainder of the time he was here in Philly? I think that something else more significant hurt him. The Super Bowl championship? Watching Foles win the MVP at the Super Bowl. Right. Because it's not – and me and Derek talked about this when he came on to my podcast. Um, what hurts you more is that you knew that Wentz was a significant role in getting to the Super Bowl. But the fact that somebody could step in and then be the most valuable player on the biggest stage – in your position, in your shoes, fill your shoes. That makes you feel a certain way. And I don't I don't care if people think that's soft of Wentz. I don't care. If you are a competitor, you want it to be out there, you want it to be that guy, and he could not be that guy, I don't think that he cares at all about the statue. He cares about that MVP. He cares about that Disney parade that happened after the fact. He cares about how every single Eagles fan now forever is going to talk about Nick Foles the way he wishes they would have been talking about him. Right. Uh, Sherman? In 2019, Carson Wentz in the last four games of the season found a way to take the Eagles from a team that was about to be out of the playoffs to end up winning that terrible NFC East. Unfortunately, he got injured in the game from a bad hit from Clowney against Seattle. So – I get it that maybe he's jealous of Nick Foles, you know, winning the ultimate prize on the biggest stage in Super Bowl 52. But, you know, Wentz, ultimately he was a competitor. It's not, mm-hmm. like he, it's not like he folded the next year. It's not like he folded in 2019. Unfortunately, uh, think about the irony. Think about the irony. We always said, ah, Wentz is brittle, Wentz is brittle, Wentz is brittle, right? But the year that Wentz went 4-0 in his last four games to get to the playoffs, it was all the other guys who were getting hurt. He got, right. he found a way to go 4-0 with those ragtag receivers who nobody knew about, Greg And he Ward. got hit so much this season and didn't mm-hmm. get hurt. So maybe fine. that label is a little unfair because the ACL is a freak accident during a hit. And then on top of that, the back injury was like during the rehab of the ACL. So really it's kind of all related to the Mm -hmm. same situation. So two seasons with injuries. I know people hate that, but let's be for real. I don't think the injury label is as fair as they want it to be because a concussion is not really an injury that you can prevent, but he just needed to be smarter when he was going down with the ball. Of course, you know, I think that was a dirty hit, but that's just me. 
And Tom, Thomas Fogarty brings up a great point. Those last four wins were against the NFC least. But you know what? In the NFL, you win the games that are in front of you on paper, and he found a way to do it. I want to switch gears for one moment. I don't like to talk about what if that much, but just imagine the following. If Doug Peterson had not gone for two in the game against the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Bengals had won that game 23-22, to the Philadelphia Eagles would have the number three pick in the draft. Ouch. They would have a 4-12 record along with Atlanta and Houston, right? And it's really mm-hmm. Atlanta and Miami. And based on strength of schedule, the Eagles had a uh, easier strength of schedule and they would have the number three pick. It just goes to show you, like, you never know what's going to happen in this league. Think about what the That's Eagles true. did when they went to the Super Bowl. They played a last-place schedule. They barreled through the league with Carson Wentz, who, as Fuji said, should have won the MVP that year. And they he should did. have. Yeah, I- I'm in total agreement. He was robbed with that. So you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, so- I totally agree with you. Totally. No, that's right. Fuji? I was going to say hi to Johnny. Chimed in. John Bork. Hey, John. Welcome, John. Thanks for tuning in. Before you, as we're ringing the bell, John, you're still tuned in. I just want to let you know. So Kelly got this one fired up just to let you know. So we we found the missing ingredient when it came to Fuji. So (laughs) just want to put that out there. Go ahead, Fuji. I'm scared. Well, you know what? After we after we all leave this arc, there's still going to be the talk about Nick Foles and Carson Wentz. You're always going to have your Wentz lovers, your Wentz haters, your Foles lovers, your Foles haters. So you can just be well, an Eagles fan if you're right. If, if come on between between on, both guys. between both quarterbacks, Wentz went eleven and two, the undisputed MVP of the twenty seventeen season. Foles took the reins and and won the Super Bowl. Let's just look. Look, right. let's Go just ahead. throw this out. If, if Julio Jones caught that ball on the last play of the game against the Falcons, don't put that into the Super Bowl. I'm just, Come on. I'm just throwing it out there. That makes me sad. Look, Carson Wentz had the oppor- Carson Wentz had the opportunity to prove himself this year on Monday Night Football against the Seattle Seahawks in the 32nd ranked pass defense, and he put up a dud. He put up a dud. The only reason that his numbers are somewhat respectable is he threw that Hail Mary to Richard Rodgers at the end of the game. Like a which was incredible, touchdown. by the way. Yeah, which was incredible, right? But aside from that, it was 17-9 going into the fourth quarter. I was like, oh, my goodness. Is this going to be the trifecta wow. of 17-9 losses to Seattle? It was just that unbelievable. Was, and that, that, catch, that catch by Dick Rod was the best thing I've ever seen, and it was so underappreciated <laughs> because it was in garbage time. And, yes, his name is Dick Rod, so – Get it right. <laughs> oh, <whatever. laughs> so now, so Kelly, I want to ask you a question. And so, when, when it comes down to Carson Wentz, since we've pretty much been you know tagging him all night long here, so now of course he's a member of the Indianapolis Colts. We know that he's been reaching out to his teammates because they can't get together again because of COVID, all the good fun stuff. But he's been making you know again friends uh, along the way. And apparently, when he was here in Philly, he was down to about four in his circle. So. Let's fast forward, and let's just say Carson Wentz makes it to the AFC Championship game uh-huh. and ends up winning a Super Bowl with the Colts. Okay. A, is he admired and loved in Philly as much as he was when he was here? Or B, he makes it again to the AFC Championship game and loses in the Super Bowl, and then does everyone still say, you see, he was good for nothing? 
Okay, so uh, this was a conversation I had with Deuces a little bit during the podcast, and he ma- he made a great point. So I'll I'll use his point, and I will give him full attribution for this. Just because Carson Wentz will be who he is in Indy does not mean that that's who he will be, who he would have been for us. Right. So regardless of if it's fair or not, people are going to be comparing his career. Hurts' career, the Eagles' success, the Colts' success. But in reality, the Colts were a playoff team last year, and we were just an absolute mess. So to compare the two isn't really fair if the Colts are successful. If the Colts take a huge step back, and it's largely in in part because of poor quarterback play, I think it's safe for the Eagles fans to say, yes, we we got out of a bad situation. I think that's fair. But – if he goes to the Colts and he's super successful and you're like, yeah, he was like that for the 2000, 2017 season. Okay. Well, like we already knew he could be that. We saw that when he was here, but the problem here was the relationship was damaged. And like you said, he's creating these relationships in Indy already. Maybe he's learned a lesson about how he needs to interact with his teammates so that he doesn't botch another opportunity he has. Because let's face it, he probably has one more contract that he can get signed before his full career is completely done. So, yeah, like if you want to make sure that you're not like a backup quarterback in the league, which I think is probably a better gig, but that's just me. Um, backup quarterbacks get a ton of money and they don't have to do anything. It's perfect. Um Unless you're in Philadelphia and then everybody wants you to play. Right. Um, If he isn't a backup quarterback in this league and he is a franchise's quarterback for the next five, ten years, and we have Hurts and then maybe another quarterback and then another quarterback, maybe we didn't make the right decision because we couldn't make that relationship work with a guy who was truly the long-term option. So there's a lot of dynamics to that question. I don't think it's fair to compare the things, but we're going to have like so many blog articles that will go into this and break down every single minute detail about what we did, what they did, how they built around Wentz, how we built around Hertz or the quarterback we take wherever we take one. It's all going to be, you know, an evaluation and like analysis of how you build your franchise. Like that's the bottom line. Like we could have done better by Wentz. We didn't. And he failed because of it. And I don't think that we held him accountable well enough to really be his best self in 2020. He made some poor decisions and that, really is what people got sick of like terrible decision making throwing the ball you know away was never an option for him he needs to learn these mistakes and grow as a player to prove himself right and the doubters wrong and there's a lot of people who believe in him still in Philadelphia and they hate that he's been traded but the the fact is the relationship was ruined and we really had no other choice And whether you are a Philadelphia fan or a Carson Wentz fan, you've got to decide which way you're going to go with that. 
I will say before I turn over to Sherman, I, I see Sherman's kind of eager to, to get a question out there. But the one thing I will say is why why Wentz, and, and we did post this question also, D Gun and 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 almost the same nature, but so Wentz has never come out specifically and said, you know what, this is on me, just like Donovan McNabb used to do, and then Andy used to do all the time because they were just deflected off everybody else. You know what? It it starts with me. Now we used to hear that from Carson Wentz. You know, it starts with me, and then the next week starts with me, it starts with me. But Wentz has not come out yet. And maybe there's a tell-all book that comes out after he's done with the Colts. But he's never physically come out and said, you know what, I I personally take responsibility for my own actions. You know, the chemistry I lost after 2017, because we used to hear that, you know, prior to the 2016 season, going into the 2017 season, on Saturday, all those guys would hang around at either the Link or at the Novacare Center, and they would actually go to church together to build that bond and that chemistry. And then right. – 18 rolled around and the whole thing different explodes. So would we feel a lot better if Wentz actually physically came out, you know, and, and it could be a 10 minute special. It could be where I saw media, you know, it could even be with the Kelly green show. If Wentz went to your show and he would say, Kelly, what would be the answer as far as what you would think Wentz would say, if he could take it all back? Um, I don't know if he, would regret anything except for the fact that he didn't play very well in 2020. Like he can't control anybody else besides him. Um, so if people weren't relating to him as a Christian person, or if they weren't relating with him because he wasn't building his, he wasn't, he was, wasn't aware of the fact that he was creating a, a rift in the locker room at any point. And Hertz was building that with other players that he wasn't able to do it. I don't know if that's the case. I'm just speculating at this point. But like if Hertz is showing every other play, the young guys in that locker room that he could lead them and they're seeing it and they, they did have a spark when Jalen Hertz was in there. I mean, it's kind of undeniable. It wasn't like a crazy difference in the stats, but the offense was showing a lot of progress with Hertz in the last few games of the season. We almost could have come back in that Packers game when he was when Wentz was officially benched. So I think if you talk about retrospect with Wentz and what you'd want to hear from him and what you'd expect to hear from him. He's, I mean, quarterbacks are different. Like they're different people. They're, they don't think the same way as other people. They think that they're like this alpha and they carry themselves that way. So I don't think he would be very humble about it. Like to be quite honest. And that's not saying anything bad about him. I think that's just the character of a lot of quarterbacks. I don't like Tom Brady. I don't like half the like quarterbacks in the league because they don't seem like relatable guys. Like I don't connect with them on like an emotional level. But like Nick Foles had that. Like he was a nice guy, but it was like so strange. Like that there was a quarterback that was nice. Yeah, that is true. And by the way, Fuji absolutely loves Tom Brady. But I'm going to turn over to Sherman. <laughs> See, I, 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 I'm going to make him mad now, probably. <laughs> no. <laughs> Look, I think when we're listening to what athletes say, we, we hear what we want to hear. Go back to the Carson Wentz letter when he left Philadelphia. He said all of the right buzzwords. And a lot of people in the tri-state area and Tampa 
just didn't buy it. If it was Brian Dawkins with that same exact letter, people would be like, oh, my goodness. So how nice. could they leave? It was the greatest. But because it was Carson Wentz and he had such a bad 2020 year, people were ready to write him off. I want to talk about Carson Wentz a little bit more for a moment. He's in a really bad situation because he's moved to the AFC. The AFC right now between Kansas City, Cleveland, Buffalo, Miami, who's up and coming. You got the Ravens, Tennessee, and Pittsburgh. There's a lot of firepower in the AFC. So if Carson Wentz is going to strike and make an impact with the Colts, it needs to be now. Because I'm going to tell you what, in three years, in three years when Derrick Henry is all of a sudden on the downside and the Houston Texans find a way to figure it out and Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence start to be on the upswing, you know, the Colts are going to be on their way down. So he better find a way to do it within the next one to two years. And unfortunately, with all of those stacked teams in the AFC, he has another thing coming from him. I wish him well. I wish him well. It just wasn't the right fit in Philadelphia anymore. Thank you for your service. Time to move on. And hopefully the Eagles can figure it out. Nothing personal against Wentz. You know, hopefully he does well out there. But he has his work cut out for him. Kansas City, Cleveland, Buffalo, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Tennessee. You could point to a lot of NFC teams that have the firepower, too. So it's just a matter of going to a team that works for him. And I think that the Indianapolis Colts were the best fit for him, to be quite frank. And, um, I mean, I liked the idea of him going to the Bears because they have such a strong defense that would finally give him some uh, power. But, I mean, there's really – Outside of Allen Robinson finally getting franchise tagged, like what is their offense really outside of David Montgomery? So um, him getting that offensive line in Indy is great. And they showed what they could do with Phillip Rivers, who was kind of on the back end of his career. So if he can just be what Phillip Rivers was as a serviceable quarterback to that offense, like he's going to, I think he's going to have a successful career there because um, Reich seems to know how to get his guys in a good place to win. And I agree. I think he will be successful, but will he get them the ultimate prize with all that firepower in the AFC? Um, I hope not. not. I'm not sure. <laughs> and can you just imagine if Carson Wentz indeed went to Chicago and they found a way to not deal Nick Foles back to the Eagles and it was Carson Wentz as the starting quarterback with Foles backing them up once again? Talk about irony. It would have been absolute bedlam out there. Yeah. I mean yeah. – <laughs> No, that would have been a little me. awkward for them, and I wouldn't have wished that on to the Chicago fan base. So I'm glad it didn't happen. Now, I'm going to once again, we concede the floor to uh, the Godfather. Godfather, go ahead. Oh, I don't know if Wentz <laughs> really wanted to go to Chicago because of uh, John D. Filippo. Obviously, Carson didn't want to listen to John D. Filippo here. That's why John D. Filippo didn't get a contract extension because. Wentz probably just couldn't handle how he, John D. Filippo wanted to teach him. You know, Carson changed the plays in the huddle. You know, it's like Carson wants to do things his own way. That's the rumor. But, I mean, that's been the rumor going around. So, I mean, we'll here's another it. thing. We'll we... see if he keeps it that way in Indy. So, we'll get some perspective regardless here's, of how it goes. Here's the question I asked Eric on last week, and this is what I said. Months ago, is Carson Wentz wasn't thick-skinned enough to play in this town. Because obviously, Mm. he would have stepped up to the mic, did a press conference, and want to welcome the competition to Jalen Hurts. Now he ran, he bowled it. He wanted to get out of Philly, he's gone now. Yeah, but I think that it's important. 
But hey, the guys skip town. But I I, I respect that. Ways. But that's that's the thing. We don't know what happened behind the scenes that caused the rift between the front office and him. Clearly, Peterson wasn't the issue. And the front office wanted Carson to be the quarterback. Let's just get that straight. They wanted him to be the guy, but he he didn't want to stay. So what happened? Like, what is the piece that we're missing about this whole relationship? Well, according to it's Ray hard Dittin, to know. According to Ray Dittinger, it was drafting Jalen Hurts number two last year. That's what basically set the tone for the divorce. I mean, game set match. That was that's the speculation, but I think that there's much more to it. Yeah, but if 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 any athlete who has a set of brass ones would welcome the competition, I don't care what sport you're in. I mean, that's what it's about to compete. Yeah, all right, you draft the quarterback. Wentz should have taken this team on his back and got us to the damn Super Bowl. I mean, if there was, I mean, yeah, he got sacked fifty times, whatever we could. Pull out all the stops, but if this, if I was a damn quarterback, I would have welcomed the damn competition. Strap them on and let's go. That's what that's what a quarterback does. A guy like Brett Favre, look, look at the fire. He used to grab guys by the face mask and tell them to catch the damn ball. Brady does I, the same thing. Brady I agree. Gets in guys' faces. That, <laughs> that's why. That's why he's got six, seven of them. That's why he's got seven rings because he gets I agree. the I agree, Mike. I agree with you. That's why they're winners. He's got a question here. He says, Kelly, the Colts defense was ranked ahead of Chicago uh, this last year. Carson won't have to do much in any of that O-line and the run game. He's right. Four free yeah, wins. Right. Four free wins against Houston and Jacksonville next year. So, but, they, yeah. but, they, but they have to play the NFC West. And good luck playing against the NFC West with that defensive power in Arizona and the the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah. And Mike, yeah, Mike, but the Mike, Seahawks seem like they're falling apart, and so are the 49ers. So who knows if that's yeah. just a kind of draw? We shall we shall see. And Mike, down there, why did Carson Wentz get sacked fifty times last year? Two words: offensive line. Okay, but this was an interesting thing that. that Jimmy Kemsky did an article on. He assigned oh. the sack blame for every single sack that happened on the team, and 13.5 were against Wentz. That's a lot. 13.5 mm-hmm. is like an average sack for a quarterback. I mean, there were a lot more than that, don't get me wrong. But, like, he made a lot of mistakes that oh, held the ball too long. or I mean, there was, like, several times during, like, multiple games where I was just like, what are you doing? And like, you don't want that from your quarterback who's making a hundred million dollars. Like that's the thing that I think most people are pissed about. We are willing to give grace to a a rookie or a guy who's, you know, on his cheaper deal. But when you, when you get paid, you got to play like it. Um, Just like Fletcher Cox is demanded to be playing to that level, we demand that of our our quarterback, and even more so from the quarterback. You've got so, to elevate guys. You've got to play to make them look better. And I mean, when you have the offensive line changing over, like it's impossible to get any kind of consistency there. So you really don't know what your guys up front are doing. And I think a lot of that was him trying to play hero ball and keep the team in all the games because, like we said, he's a competitor. 
Like he's forcing the ball down the field and you're like, what were you thinking? But you know, sometimes it worked and you were like, well, I hate when you do it and it sucks, but I love when you do it and it's magic. I mean, that's what you get with Carson Wentz when he's kind of going by the seat of his pants. So maybe, so maybe Howie was the ones with the brass ones when he j- drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round. Mike, you're always talking about like, hey, have some brass ones and like do things that need to be done. Maybe Howie knew something that all of us didn't know, and Howie drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round and said, you know what, I'm going to take my brass ones and I'm going to put it all out there and say, you know what, Wentz is going to be gone for the 2021 years, and I'm rolling the dice with Jalen Hurts. If the Jalen Hurts Jalen Rager project works out. Howie Roseman should be on the Mount Rushmore of football GMs. We'll replace the the statue out front of the lake. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You know what? We have the Bud Light statue of Philly Special. Uh, We'll ask Miller Light to build a statue of Howie Roseman. We'll just like keep adding beer statues outside of the lake, and it'll be perfect. There you go. I'm looking forward to the beer collection we're gonna have. That'd be good. And maybe we can, matter of fact, we can do Harry Roseman and Yingling. We'll just keep it local. Before there we go you go. So we're, we're doing Genius. Uh, yeah, Brian, we can get yards. You know, yeah. they're in Philly. That's in the backyard. Yeah. Right down here on Delaware <laughs> Avenue, about 10 minutes away from my house. <laughs> Ryan says, uh, let's be honest, as someone who played quarterback, when you don't have blocking and a talent around you, it's less than stellar. You're always pressed to make something happen, which is oh, obviously true. Um, I do want to bring. I totally up, agree, Ryan. I want to bring up fourteen different offensive lines in twenty twenty. Yeah, the reason that they got a draft offensive line, they need to solidify. Mm. And we need to get younger. That we do. Oh well, yeah! Stop Stop signing these retreads. Re, re, thanks for the memories. You don't have man. money to sign anybody, no. so that's the good news. Blame the genius. Blame the genius. It's a general manager, but I, I'm done. I'm done on you, Harry, tonight. We'll fight another day. <laughs> I want to bring up something here before uh, we ask the last question here to Kelly. So, Kelly, on your on your Twitter handle here, of course, everybody, please follow Kelly at uh, football underscore Kelly at fo- football underscore Kelly. We can see the picture there with Deuces Rogers, right? And I, and I don't want to give it away too much because I want people to listen to that episode in particular. Mm-hmm. Were you surprised about the person, without giving the person away, that Deuces name that got a hold of him way early in his young career? Mm. I think we should tell the story, but I think that people should still listen to the podcast. But I think okay. we should tell the story because it's a fantastic story. Um, Deuces, I asked him on the podcast about like any fun interactions with celebrities or athletes. And um, he's been in several different markets covering different teams and covering different you know sporting events. So I was like, he's going to have at least some story. And he was like, well, you know, I was in Miami for a long time, uh, starting out my career. And uh, I kept getting these phone calls to the desk about, you know, this guy who used to play for the Canes in Miami. And he, he was transitioning into a wrestling career. And, you know, he was calling every single week saying, come to my match. You know, I used to play for the football team, blah, 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 blah. And he was like, Years down the line, that guy turns out to be Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yeah, which is 
pretty surprising because when I heard it, I was I was surprised myself because who would have thought you're out in Chattanooga, Tennessee, you know, and obviously the Rock now has this show on uh, on NBC of his, his younger years, and as he went up and it, a great show. Right now they're on their winter break and it won't come back until the fall, but still it was really good. But I was really surprised when Deuces mentioned that because what are the odds? And I know he talked about his dad as far as uh, uh, the Rock's dad. He would self promote. He would call people, mm-hmm. go to newspapers, all that good fun stuff. But for and the Rock himself to actually call a Tennessee station, Deuces being the guy that you know runs with the story. I mean, it, I didn't see it. So coming, Deuces, but. Deuces was in Miami when he got that, the that's calls. true. Yeah, that so is true. he started his career in Chattanooga, and he went to Miami after that. So he was getting the calls because you know the Rock thought, oh well, this connection to me being a former you know University of Miami player, they're gonna cover my story. And so, but yes, he called at least, he said five or six times to the Mm -hmm. station and they finally gave in and covered him. And which is so funny because it's like, could you have imagined if you missed covering him when he was in his, like in his younger years and like down the the road, he probably remembered all the people who passed on him. Like Mm -hmm. that's the kind of mentality you've got to have. Like, and that was like the one thing that I took away from it. Like constantly have to keep your persistence up constantly self promote yourself. Um, And like we were talking before the show, like I've been asking people to be on my podcast so often, like you don't see all the no's I get, but I get a ton of no's. Like people are like, I can't make it. I can't do it. I'm sorry. I'm busy. I can't do it. Can't do it. But you stay persistent enough and you keep constantly, you know, being in contact with people like that's the name of the game and and the rock has like proven that that's how his whole like mentality was especially as such a young you know kid coming out of college that was how he started his wrestling career and to see that a guy from you know a philly station was one of the people who started like promoting or you know reporting on his wrestling was like such a funny surreal story to hear about right and so true and the the last question unless uh sherman or or uh fuji if you guys said something else before we post the last question here my last comment is just going to be the following and this is completely off topic if i was going to be friends with an animal it would be the giraffe if i was going to be friends with an animal it would be the giraffe because they would, because they would stick their neck out for you all the time. Oh, there you go. And, and that is yeah. my, that's my. Comment. Give me some tomatoes and eggs and throw them at you. Are you a dad? That was such a dad joke. I am boo. not a dad. No, boo. You're getting booed off the stage. <laughs> that's it. Booed off the oh stage. Oh man. Um, he left. I thought you split the scene. Mic drop. He was like, "I'm done." Yeah, that's that was pretty much it. So, and, and I know we we're going to cover Phillies tonight. Where, of course, we're running a little bit over here. So, the last question is Kelly, and I will say because obviously we we are in spring training down here in Clearwater, Florida. Uh, Phillies are four and six, if I remember correctly, at at this point. They're they're looking promising, not too bad. I mean, they're they're working on a lot of kinks here with the team. Do you see them being contenders? for the division, or do you see them somewhere like right in the middle, finishing maybe third or fourth place by the end of the season? Um, so I'm not the best baseball person. <laughs> <laughs> Just a random guess. Doesn't have to be um, anything accurate. So this is the thing. 
I like Harper. I think that we brought in the right free agents. I think it was the right thing to bring back Didi and to bring back um, Riamalto. So the pieces are there to like really get some consistency. I'm hoping to see them succeed this year, maybe second in the division, if I'm being fair. But I don't know if they have the firepower to like compete with like uh you know some of the bigger teams right well, hey, <laughs> I'm, thinking, I'm like the i'm thinking the rot like the dodgers and the yankees are going to end up in the world series this year right. just seems like it's going to happen so i mean i would love to see the philadelphia phillies pull it out and you know i'm just excited to get back to a, a an actual in-person sporting event so i'm just excited for nice weather some fun you know games give us some entertainment in person and you know give me my vaccine so i can go see some of these games exactly it's getting here i think it's going to happen well you you figured so the texas rangers i'm I'm almost certain because i don't think it was the astros who got the yeah the rangers because they got the brand new stadium so here's the weird thing about this one so opening day they will have 40,000 folks in attendance. Of course, temperature checks, mask, all the good fun stuff. But Mm -hmm. then the second game of the season, they will go back to, uh, I believe it's like 2,000 fans. So your home opener, you're going to have 40,000 fans. But game two, you're going to diminish that by keeping everybody six feet away, which I, you know, listen, I I don't know what to say there. I know Texas reopened everything. I know, you know, we all have to still be safe and be careful, all the good fun stuff. But I I just thought it was kind of weird that that the Rangers want to do it that way. Um, Brian says, if you need a last minute guest, fill in for cancellation. Kelly, I'm your man <laughs> for a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Ryan. He knows his sports. Yeah, he, he knows does. his sports. We've I had him on our show your, before. Your willingness to come That's, on, so we'll definitely have to chat. That's Charm's yeah. doppelganger, Ryan. Yeah. Who is it? That's his twin. Sherman's, uh, yeah, Sherman's oh, friend. Okay, there. Local. They resemble each other. Okay. They sure do. They, they should, he should have been on his Facebook page. It's I, it's like a mirror image between him and Sherman, a mirror, mirror image. It, it's insane. But I will say before I end this here, because I want to bring up, of course, your page uh, one more time here. Again, everyone, please. Thank you, Kelly, of course, for coming on with us tonight. But everyone, give Kelly a follow. Obviously, she knows what she's talking about when it comes to Eagles. She's very passionate about it. And again, the handle is football underscore Kelly, the Kelly Green Show. And if you missed the episode with uh, Deuces Rogers, by all means, check it out because it, it was a great, great episode. So kudos to you, of course, Kelly. And I will say that if we had – someone asked earlier about the best athlete in Philly. So I will end it with this. I think the best female podcast of uh, – I guess if you want to put it on a Rushmore, we'd have locally here, Candice McLean. We'd have Bree from Sports Stiletto Show. And then now add you to the Mount Rushmore. So just oh – my gosh. It's just one more, and and we're right there. So I'm uh, so honored. No, no problem. Listen, we we thank you for coming on. And Fuji disappeared again. If you if you could just make an actual like Photoshop of us all just randomly on a like statue of like Mount Rushmore, that would be great. No, listen, just like get in Photoshop real quick and like put our faces up on it. It's gonna it's gonna be the four faces on my wall. There you go. There you go. I want to see it. But, Kelly, thank you again so much. Oh, Fuji's back. 
Looks like oh, you had man, that. Is he going to yell at me again? <laughs> no, I wasn't yelling at you. I keep getting knocked offline for some reason. <laughs> well, again, we do think, of course, we, we can't say without saying here. Uh, thank you to the fans of Philly, uh, to Joe and his club out there, fans of Philly, the official sponsor of Broad Street South. And again, as you guys saw in the bottom scroll there, fansoffilly.com, please visit our website and book your flight to either an Eagles upcoming game, hopefully that the season will kick off without no Vegas. Vegas is going to be the big one. I think Denver would be like the biggest two trips, I believe, that would have happened other than maybe down here in Tampa. I don't know, but uh, we shall see. And also to, of course, John, John, and Vince to Last Stop Media. We thank those guys. Of course, John's our coach, and we, we love him to death. I've known John for years, but uh, Vince has come on a couple of times. John came on, so we thank those guys also for being part of our little success here with Brossery South. And, Kelly, once again, we thank you very much for coming, in, coming on with us tonight. Uh, we appreciate the time. And again, everyone, please check out the Kelly Green Show. It is an absolute great interview with Deuces Rogers. I can't say enough, so check it out. You'll be entertained. If you're in your car, driving on the way to work, put it on, Bluetooth it in the car. It's it's fantastic. Yeah. It was a great episode. I Thank checked you. it out yes, Tuesday. You're welcome. Appreciate you guys. You guys you're are welcome. awesome. Thank, Thank you. you very much. And everybody else. Thank you for watching tonight. We do appreciate it. Of course, we will be back come next Thursday with another live show. And by the way, Tuesday nights, as we're doing now our audio version of our show, it's more of the kickback, kind of like a lounge effect here on a Tuesday. So uh, stay tuned for next Tuesday's episode, which will come out immediately after we're done in the lounge. And I'm still trying to come up with a creative name for it. Right now, it's behind the podcast, but I'm pretty sure we'll come up with something else. So again, Kelly, thank you. Everyone else, thank you so much. So for Kelly Green... For Mike Fuji, Vito Corleone, and the sports contributor, Sherman, <laughs> the professor in your room. Thanks, everyone, for watching. I'm Angel. We will see you next week.